Armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save the pump pump. Really, this is, you what have any this idea? is what you're doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Everybody better keep their alerts on their phone on high, because if Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl, we all got a chance. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American. Yeah, howdy, hi. You welcome to Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. And can you believe this story? Okay, guys like Josh Allen or whatnot back out of the Pro Bowl and Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr named to the Pro Bowl. That's fine. But Tyler Huntley, he played five games. I mean, if we're getting to that point where Tyler Huntley is going to be in the Pro Bowl, and I realize the Pro Bowl is even less important than it has been in years past. They're not even playing a game. I think it's some kind of touch football, and there's going to be some kind of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's some kind of a skills competition. It's basically going to be a glorified long weekend television show. They're basically doing what the NBA did with the with the NBA All-Star Weekend, expanding it and just not really having a game, which is fine because the game – I haven't watched the game in 20 years, at least. It's probably been closer to 25 since they quit actually tackling. The first time, and I don't remember the year, but the first time that I saw the guys run into the hole and stand each other up and they just kind of pat each other like it's touch football. I was like, that's it. What little interest I have is gone. Still, to my, for my money, the only All-Star game worth watching if you're a true sports fan is the Major League Baseball All-Star game. If they still actually play the sport. And they're still actually trying to win. It still means something to them. NBA, it's just, it, it might as well be a three-on-three -three competition. NHL, it's ridiculous. You'll tune in and you'll, you know, when a typical NHL score is somewhere around the three to two area, you'll tune into that and they'll have a total of 20 goals. So to me, it's the only one worth, worth mentioning. But when I saw that story, I was absolutely floored that this was a thing. Other thing that's trending in the world of sports. So if you if you miss this story, Steph Curry and his wife are coming under scrutiny 
and I'm not going to get into the political stuff because I, I just, I, I don't like getting into the weeds of it, but the short of it is they backed a bill back in the 2020 election for, uh, famously back to a low income housing bill and said, it's great. We got to build it everywhere. Da, 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 da. And the, the candidates prated them out and whatnot. Well, I guess it was yesterday or the day before Curry's wife wrote an op-ed in a major publication out on the West coast against building one of those types of, of housing developments close to their $30 million mansion. And they are getting dragged across Twitter because they're basically saying, Oh, you, you want to help everyone out as long as they're not going to be your next door neighbor. Right? So that's pretty funny. But the one thing I do want to want to say to put some light, a positive light on Curry, two things have happened recently that I thought was really cool that he did that he did. First of all, the, the all time, college basketball scoring three point score in the name in uh, Oklahoma universities. And you'll have to forgive me for a second. Cause I, I had to wrote it down. I do not follow women's basketball. Taylor Robertson, Taylor Robertson broke the all time three point record. I want to say the number was four ninety eight. not really important to the story. Well, he played in a game with his warriors at Oklahoma city. And I guess she came to the game. Now, I don't know if he, or if he knew ahead of time, she was coming to the game, but regardless, he came over pregame and spent some time with her. And it just, you know, for obvious reasons, it just made her night. So I thought that was a really, really cool story in that. And he see the warriors trying to pull up the, uh, the actual score of it. Cause I saw that, that he had, a, he actually had a good night. Here it is that they won one twenty eight to one twenty, but this was one of these games where he actually played, um, or did he? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Th 37 minutes. And we all know this whole thing with the, with the NBA and how they do the load management, whatnot. He was eight of 14 from three point range and had a good night, right? Put 38 points up. I thought that was the number I saw, 38. That's a cool enough story, but another one that came out. So back on January 20th, the Warriors were at Cleveland to play the Cavaliers, and there was, and there was a guy, he took his daughter, who was a big uh, Curry fan, drove up to from Pittsburgh to Cleveland to see Curry. And it would happen to be a night that he took off. I, I went back through his, through the majority of his last several games. He's actually played in quite a bit of games more than I would have expected for a big star like that. At this point in his career, I kind of figured every third, fourth game, the way they do the rest of them, that it would be load management, load management, load management, but he actually plays quite a bit. And he said, I'm always lobbying to play when they want to bench me, but it's not up to me. He found out about this off of, because the, the, the dad posted on Twitter, here's the thing. The dad didn't even complain. He didn't make a stink of it. He just took a picture of Curry on the bench. He said, we had to make the trip. It was, I don't know, uh, two and a, two hours, 10 minute drive, uh, each way. So I thought that was really cool. Right. 
that he takes a picture, doesn't tag anybody in, wasn't looking for you you know to to try to guilt anybody. Somehow the 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 picture gets back to Curry, and he I guess within the last day or so they opened up the mail and there was a box of all this gear from Curry from jerseys, you name it, shirts, etc. With the note that basically apologized for not playing, but thank you for coming to see the game. And I thought that was a really cool thing. And no matter what you think about, you know, his, you know, the politics and all that kind of junk, that's a really cool thing that a kid like that and a dad is going to remember the rest of their lives. And I've seen a lot of stuff like that that Curry does. So I, for one, am a Curry fan, you know, to, to get in the weeds of the whole politics thing, I mean, this isn't the show for it. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, Nate Miller of the Texas Rangers is going to be here with us, and we're going to talk some AL West baseball and get caught up on what's going on with the Rangers. They've had a huge offseason. Keep it locked in here on 99.1 FM, the key, and Braves Country Edge HD, wherever you may stream. If you're arrested for bribery, can't you just bribe your way out? I mean, you're a briber. That's what you do. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio, living in an era of baseball where the impossible is unfolding right before our eyes. Salvador Perez, the 2-2. Popped up, Sandoval, in foul territory. Judas win! A World Series win for the San Francisco Giants. For the third time in the last five years. And their hero, Madison Bumgarner. The one-two again. Inside corner. The Royals. 2015 World Champion. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant. The Cubs win the World Series. Bryant makes the play. It's over. And the Cubs have finally won it all. But the game right now is at the plate. Armchair. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern right here on the key and youtube.com at Braves Country. Welcome back. We've got ourselves a great show today. We've got Nate Miller, who covers the Texas Rangers. Joey's coming to the top of the hour. We'll be talking Cubs, talking basketball, talking football. 
welcoming on to the show for the first time, Mr. Nate Miller. Nate, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited for baseball season. Me too. Anything else. And it really starts getting in my blood like the day after the conference championship game. Sure. Sit there and you go, we have two weeks of basically no sports, Uh right? I mean, yeah, there's basketball going on, but there's nothing of of great importance that's going on right now. And pitchers and catchers report in about two weeks. The uh, the Texas Rangers now you you cover the Rangers uh, on a daily basis, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Yep. So you're so you're writing uh, articles for the Rangers. What would how how would uh, readers of the Rangers find you? Yes, I, I cover the Rangers for a website called sportrelay.com. Um, it's basically, it's kind of a news site, actually. And um, what it is, is, you know, it's basically a group of contributing writers. Um, some of our, some of them are credentialed, some aren't. I'm, right. I'm a credentialed writer. I actually go to the Rangers ballpark and cover them fr- uh, from there. And that's that's been a lot of fun the, the past couple of years. I'm gonna be doing it again all this year. I covered all 81 of their home games last year. That's awesome. And that it was it was awesome, but it was a grind. It was <laughs> it was a lot. Um, I've covered the Braves in the stadium, but they don't know I'm doing it, and they and they quickly asked me to leave. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. No, um, I. So I did a little bit of writing myself. So that's what originally caught my eye. And I want to say that's how we became friends through Facebook was through one of our writing groups. I can't remember it. It's been so long. But one of the things I was telling my wife about is that every single day <laughs> I get a kick out of some of the comments that you make on Facebook that are just random uh you know, jokes. And I know some of them were probably shared or whatnot, but I don't care. They yeah. 99 out of a hundred of them at least make me laugh a little and a lot of them make me just absolutely spit something out of my mouth nice nice appreciate it have you always done that on facebook uh yeah i have um every once in a while i'll post something about myself but more often than not it's you know it's either my writing or a joke right yeah 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 i've i've never got the people that you don't see it as much anymore but i remember when face especially facebook when facebook first came around I mean, people were putting their business out there. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? No yeah. one cares. You just broke up with someone. So this yeah. is, I mean, that's not what this is. Or, you know, that, you know, that your neighbor is, isn't treating you fair or what, mm-hmm. whatever they get into. Nobody, uh, nobody cares how good your potpourri looks, you know? <laughs> I, I was so glad for so many reasons that Facebook did not exist when I was hit around the around the 18, 19 years yeah. old range, especially the 21 when you first become legally to get out in public and do stupid things. Oh yeah, <laughs> man, the nonsense I would have put up there. Yeah. I can't. Well, anyways, um, let's dive into the Texas Rangers. I have put their, put them on the screen for, for people that don't, that are watching at home. For those of y'all that are uh, listening, we will uh, do our best to, let you know what we're looking at. Um, The first thing that I wanted to touch on, because obviously there's a lot of interest in Braves country, the Rangers and the Braves made a, made a trade during the off season. And I know most people are going to say it was, it was a minor trade, but regardless, Mm -hmm. they went, 
they sent Colby Allard to Atlanta, who who originally was drafted by the Braves. I don't know if a lot of fans realize that. He was drafted uh, first round in, uh, I believe it was 2014. And then the Braves sent Cash and Oda Rizzi. That's how bad we wanted to get rid of Oda Rizzi. (laughs) We paid you to take him. Um, But I think my biggest question for Rangers writer would be this. What can we expect from Colby Allard? Because I'm assuming that he's being brought over for a depth piece in the bullpen. Yeah, um, he was in. He he's he's done both. He's been in the rotation and he's pitched out of the bullpen. I think, to my knowledge, he's going to be in the bullpen for you guys. Um, you know, he's he's durable. He's not. You know, he's not going to eat up. You know, three or four innings for you. He's got one in his tank. Right time, as most bullpen guys do. Um, he's not, he's not going to do anything special for you. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, mean, mean toward him, but it's just like he's, he's going to be a good, nothing but a good reliever. He's not going to be great. He's going to be, you know, he's going to have hiccups every now and then. I mean, who doesn't? Um, but uh, I just don't think he's going to blow anybody away. So do you? What, I'll put it. I'll put it better to you. Mm-hmm. So we've already got our two top lefties in our bullpen in Lee and Mentor. Okay. Do you believe that he would have a solid chance of making the Braves roster from what you've seen last year, or do you think he's more of a guy that's going to start off down down in AAA, AA, etc.? It depends on what the Braves have. Um, it depends on what they have to to work with like to break camp he uh allard could start in the in the minors i um last year he was injured a lot okay. um I that's think, what you want to hear <laughs> i'm sorry you know I'm, I'm a writer i like i'm i'm a fan of the game but it's just like when you're a writer you actually have to be honest yeah know? well i mean hey that's 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 what we, that is the first call of order here on this show yeah we, we don't try to sugarcoat it we're, mm. we're not owned by you know any uh team or whatnot so mm. it's one of the things i hate yep. when you listen to any of these talk shows where the guy who's doing the show is being paid by the team you're right. never going to hear the truth because <laughs> <laughs> He's not yeah. trying to wake up unemployed, right? Yeah, and I can't help it because, like I said, I covered all 81 one of these games last year, and I didn't see Allard for a lot of them. And it's just like I can't just sit there and not watch him and write, oh, he did fantastic today because he didn't. He didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. for, 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 the, for the listeners, uh, he's got a career 607 ERA. Ouch. That's not what you want. No, uh, he's appeared in sixty-five games over what a, the last five years or so. Yeah, I want to say his ERA. I, I don't have it jotted down, but I believe it was it was a high seven last year. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I mean, and another thing too, he's going to the National League now. It could be different for him, right? You know, it could be a sink or swim situation for it. Some guys go from the American League to the National League, and they do great. And some guys, it's just the opposite. We we just don't know what Allard's going to do yet. Yeah, but my biggest hope for him is that he's able to make the team. Mm-hmm. He will be the very front end of the bullpen, and he would be a guy that 
I'm not saying he would never be in any kind of high leverage situations, but typically he's coming in when the game is three runs or more up or down. So you're you're either down by a bunch, you're trying to save your arms or you're up by a bunch. You're trying to save your arms. The, The high leverage guys on the left side of the bullpen, unless something terrible happens, knock on wood would be mentor. Cause mentor's got the, has a, uh, argument as a closer. And then of course, Dylan Lee, who, who, who has pitched really well, they traded away Will Smith last year. He's a free agent. I think he's going to stay that way until the very end. He'll have to, I don't know what he's looking for, but I think he's going to end up having to sign a minor league deal with somebody. Yeah. Now, as far as Oda Rizzi, for for Rangers fans, the only thing I can tell you, and I know you're familiar with him because he pitched in your division, but the one thing that the Braves fans have to remember, he was the guy that was on the mound the day that we clinched the division. <laughs> so he he and he pitched his butt off. Now I get it, it was against the Marlins, but he pitched his butt off. Right. That's the nicest thing I can say about his tenure in Atlanta. He was absolutely um he was very disappointing and you kept hoping that he would turn it around and you would see glimpses, a couple innings here and there. But as I, as we have the Rangers projected rotation on the screen, mm. I believe he's, he can be a good piece in your bullpen, or even if you really want to get crazy and do a six man rotation sure. when you don't have, you know, a day off in the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny because I had to remind myself that we had Odorizzi, uh, because that trade happened like what? Early, early November or something like that. Yeah. I felt like it happened in the, in the middle of the fifth thing of the world series. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, the game barely, the, the season was barely done. Like, well, Odorizzi, you're out of here. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, it was funny. Um, I was just kind of looking at the roster like 10 minutes before we went on air, on air and I was like, we have Odorizzi. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was one of the first things that, that I wanted to ask you about because more of the Allard situation because I haven't seen Allard yeah. since, since he was a babe in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I watched some American League baseball, but primarily because I covered the, the Braves and do the play-by-play on, on this station here. Uh I'm wrapped up with Braves nonstop. Unless we play you, I don't see you. Right. right. Um, yeah. I always have a second device on. I'm always, I can watch any baseball game at any point in time, mm-hmm. but it's real. And I play a lot of fantasy baseball. So that gets you into, you know, you know what happened, even though you didn't see it, but Colby Allard was not on anybody's radar. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't really on anybody's radar, even when he was on our roster. <laughs> Right. Now, looking at the Texas Rangers for 2023, that rotation, I'll rattle it off real quick for, for the folks listening on radio. DeGrom, Eovaldi, John Gray, Perez, and Heaney. Yeah. You could make an argument that that's going to be one of the deeper uh, rotations in not just the division, but all of, of the American League and Major League Baseball. Mm. And you still have, for my money, the best pitcher in baseball. I don't care what the Mets fan tries to sell you. Jacob DeGrom, yeah. when he is on, yeah. he, it's, it's, he's just absolutely unhittable. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, if you don't have a rotation like this, 
you do not touch Houston at all. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, and that's pretty much like that's almost a third of our season, almost a third of our home season, actually. <laughs> right. You, you know, the um, obviously Braves fans are familiar with Houston because that was the team we played the mm-hmm. 21 World Series. You're welcome, Ranger fans. Um, <laughs> but we were fortunate. I said it at the time. I was calling those games. Hey, we didn't have to face Verlander. That was the year that he was injured. Yes. The entire the, the entire Houston rotation was was battered and bruised. Mm-hmm. Now, so was Atlanta's. Morton yeah. breaks his leg in uh, Game Two of the World Series. Right. Um, and they somehow when that happened, I'm telling you right now, I, I said all the right things on air. I got off air. I, I I told my wife that, and I said, "There is no way we're going to win this World Series without without a Morton." Right. And somehow we got big big production out of guys that we hope have bounced back years, like Ian Anderson. Yeah. But um, as far as the Rangers go, first of all, I really love Eovaldi. Mm-hmm. I if something would have happened in the off season. It was a pipe dream of mine for him to land in Atlanta. I know Atlanta doesn't need need the pitching depth, and they're kind of uh, strapped for cash. But Eovaldi is a bulldog. Yes, he is. And he is just assuming health. You love your chances in a playoff series with Degrom and Eovaldi as your one two. Mm-hmm. So, um, John Gray was pretty durable last year too. He finally got out of Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. The biggest thing with him is, you know, the, the old saying, the, you know, the best ability is availability. And John Gray, you know, I followed his career ever since back when he was in college. He's always had this stuff, but you, you hit the nail on the head. First of all, Colorado is just a terrible place to try to pitch. <laughs> yeah. Then you can't stay healthy. It just... I'm glad to see him finally turn around. I'll tell you what, that Martin Perez, I've had him a couple of years now in fantasy baseball. He's that under-the-radar guy mm-hmm. that I can usually get in the late rounds, and he usually goes out and puts out a good number. He led the American League in ERA for a long stretch last year, probably like a good three months. His ERA, I, his ERA was under two. <laughs> I, I mean, I believe it was him that that was pretty high up on uh, quality starts too. Yes, I think he had at least twelve in a row. Right, I could be mistaken, but it was at least it was up there. Yeah, it was like it was like Framber Valdez, Martin Perez, and then the rest of Major League Baseball. Yeah. And I know that's a quirky stat, but I still say if you can get a guy that can give you go out day after day after day and post a quality start, he gives you a fighting chance to win the game. Yep. Six plus innings and three earns, three earned runs or less. What else can you ask from today's game? You can't ask anything more, and it's so much fun to watch, especially when you're there. <laughs> it, you know, the other thing would be. Um, and, I, and honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if down the road a quality start gets – they might keep that statistical name, but they're going to come up with another name that will mean a quality start, and it's going to be five innings and four runs just because the way the game is changing. Yes. But Andrew Heaney, what are you expecting to to get out of him? Um, You know, he's more of a curiosity for, him, for me because I, I really haven't seen him pitch that much. Um, 
I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you because I, I just haven't seen him pitch. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of up in the air for me. You know, I don't, I don't know what to make of his signing. Yeah. I, I will say this, Texas has the money and it's not like they broke the bank with them. No. And no, the fact that he's being projected as a number five starter, then you love the signing. Mm-hmm. Kansas City would have signed him to be their ace. You'd be like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> like, what? What are you doing? Well, but Kansas- the five starter—that's that's a different ball game. Kansas City has their old ace back now, and Grink Grinky, ah, Grinky, is that Grinky? Yeah, I saw he's he's 118 strikeouts away from 3,000. I would have never thought that. He- and if he gets it, let's—I don't know if he'll get it this year because he only had like 70 something strikeouts last year. Mm-hmm. But if he finds a way to stick around in the game for the next couple of years and gets that three thousand start uh, to the three thousand, is he a hall fa- hall of famer in your book? He's close. He's close. If he's not in in the hall of fame in the hall of fame in you know however many years, um, he's going to be close. Yeah, it's he's one of those things, that, and I've always been a big stickler of being very stingy with the with the baseball hall of fame. Mm-hmm. But three thousand strikeouts, man, that's a number. You know, yeah. that's not nothing. I mean, it's pitcher's version of three thousand hits, right? And it's, I, it's not as impressive as it used to be because the strikeout numbers have have gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because the pitchers have got thrown harder, but the guys are swinging for the fences, right? But it'll it'll be interesting to see if he sneaks in at three thousand, and then we'll say ten years from now. If that's if that's no longer a bar that's impressive, and you and it's more thirty five hundred to four thousand, right? I, will, I think I think he'll I think he'll sneak in, maybe right. not one. I think he'll get to three thousand if he stays in Kansas City. He's more of a he's he's a guy who thrives more in small market uh, teams. His I'll tell you something else. His uh, his value. Yeah, dropped when they got rid of the designated hitter. Yeah, I mean this guy was a he was a solid hitter. I would be willing to bet if you put Zach Grinky in the DH role for his entire career, this guy would have been a solid two fifty hitter. Oh yeah, which is amazing. But which is amazing for a pitcher. (laughs) It really is. Facing him in the World Series was was an absolute nightmare because he would come to the plate like, well, that's not a gimme out. What are Mm -hmm. we doing? Let's face it, 250 is amazing for a starting catcher. <laughs> yeah, it's well, yeah, and it's only getting worse. Now the only thing anybody cares about is, you know, OPS and all that yeah. stuff, but I'm still a little old school where I don't look at at the batting average as much as I used to, but I'm still impressed by a by a big one, right? Sure. Some guy comes to the plate in the middle of the year and he's batting 330. That's that makes me stop in my tracks. Uh-huh. So, especially if it's like July 20th. <laughs> right, exactly. So, recently, Rangers signed uh, Ian Kennedy. What's the word on him? Uh, you know, he's um people are people are pulling for for him down here. Uh, he had a great 2020, well, 2021 season up until uh I think he went to Arizona the second half of that year. Uh, but he uh, he had a uh, yeah he, he had a good year, um, so we'll see. 
Yeah, I I kind of figured that he's one of those guys that if he makes it, he makes it. If he doesn't, it's yeah, is what it is. But well, you know, who knows? A lot of guys just like pitching in the in the American League better, <laughs> and vice versa. Right. Of course, now this year you, you're going to see every single team. So I don't even know if any of this is going to matter. Do, do you like that change? Um, simply because. You know, you get to see people or see teams that you normally wouldn't get to see. I kind of look at that more from a fan standpoint when you think about it. You know, it's just like you get to write something new. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I get it from, from, from that perspective. My only thing that I hate, and I hated this years ago, and it's already changing, and it's going to get more and more watered down, mm-hmm. is that when they went to the interleague play, what was special about the World Series is there was no way to see Team A versus Team B unless they met in October, right? Yeah, and the All Star Game, right? Right, exactly that too. They they never should have taken the toothpaste or tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube is <laughs> when they put the 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 MLB All Star Game yeah. and they laid it out as this is going to decide who's going to be hosting the world series right yeah i got to where i really liked it and now they've taken it away and now it's i don't think i would have ever missed it cared Uh cared and i would have been just as excited to see the see the all-star game if that was never the case but once they did it i thought it was a big mistake to undo it it kind of makes you wonder why are there two leagues still (laughs) yeah um because before it felt like it felt like it was almost forbidden to play a team in the opposite league. <laughs> now it's just, it's going to be an everyday occurrence. <laughs> right. If you look at baseball and you look at football, there's, they're set up geographically different than, than the NBA and the NHL. Cause the NHL and the NBA, they specifically have an Eastern and a Western conference, right? Yeah, right. Football and baseball. You're right. It doesn't really realistically matter anymore. Because why can't you put the Giants and the Jets or the Yankees and the Mets in the same division now? Right. If we're all going to play each other and you've kind of diluted the whole thing. Now, I think they do that with with both because they're rooting for a Mets-Yankees World Series. The last thing they ever want to see is, uh, you know, take, I guess, Colorado and give them a better chance to to get to the World Series. Yeah. So they want Colorado going up against Eastern teams because mm-hmm. they're hoping they're hoping that east of the Mississippi has at least one team in it because that's where seventy five percent of your population is. Yeah, but I'm with you as a, as a fan now. I, it doesn't realistically matter. And sure. for years, that's why they always said that. You know, you couldn't put the Rays, the Marlins, Atlanta, et cetera, in one. But I'll tell you something that would make more sense why it would be better. Because if you're not going to have a, a a salary cap, right? Yeah. Then teams in the same market should be in the same division. Right. Because it gives them a puncher's chance. A team like Kansas City mm-hmm. doesn't really have much, much of an opportunity to win their division regularly when they're going up against Chicago, right? Yeah. yeah. So I just, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to change that, but, but I'm with you. Um, I mean, if you can put the, if you can put the Rangers and the Astros 
in the same division. Yeah. <laughs> why, why not everybody else? You know. Right. Exactly. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, AL West preview. We're, we're going to hit a couple of predictions and talk about some of the other teams in the American League West. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Hey, sports fans, The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Do you want to lose 18 pounds fast and improve your health? Now you can lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months with Nutrisystem. Get delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, even snacks and shakes delivered safely to your door. All delivered for free. It's easy to follow and you'll see results in your first week. You'll get your favorite foods made healthier and perfectly balanced to put your body in fat burning mode. Millions of people have lost weight with Nutrisystem and you can too. Lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months. You get a whole lot of something with farmer's policy perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing, full-stop-making, lane-change-signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Are you an adult? Yeah. And do you have a lot going on in your life? I am so busy. Introducing fantasy football. What's that? Move aside job and relationships. You're now the general manager of a football team, and that takes a lot of time and effort. I really shouldn't be doing this. It's not good for me. With fantasy football, you can spend hours researching useless stats, have your underlying anger issues revealed on Sundays, and Venmo people hundreds of dollars with a football emoji. Well, I'll get that money back when I win the championship. You say that every year. Okay, this year is different. I have been so unlucky in the past. Why would you need to know about world news or how a Roth IRA works when you could know who the Saints wide receiver three is? Chris Olave. But I think he'll be the number one by the end of the year because Michael Thomas is. Shut up. I used to think fantasy football was fun, but it's not fun anymore. I have a lot riding on this emotionally. <laughs> Try it today. I'm sure. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FMW. Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, Tuesday and Friday nights, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel.
right. Welcome back. Nate Miller, Mac McGee here on Braves Country. Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Remember, we're on YouTube, Facebook Live, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Just look up uh, Braves Country HD. You can watch us live or you can uh, get the replay. Nate, let's get into the 2023 American League West. And I'm curious to see where you'll have everyone settling in at. Um, I'll go full disclosure and tell you who who my prediction is going forward. Um, the way I see it is I, I can't take the Astros out until someone beats the Astros. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I don't think that they got considerably worse by any stretch of the imagination. You can almost make an argument they might have gotten better. The, That's scary. Right. <laughs> at least I feel like they they at least should be about where they were last year. Oh, yeah. And they're definitely not afraid to be aggressive at the trade deadline. So give me the Astros winning the division. But as far as the other four teams, you got to put the, the A's down at the bottom. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> Good Lord. Are they even trying? Uh, how could they? I mean, how could they? They still have they still have one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball. I don't even think it's forty million dollars, is it? I remember last year before the twenty. It was shortly before. It was after the the, the lockout. It was right before the season. There was a kid that put a video up on TikTok, and it was a picture of the of the upcoming MLB the show. Mm-hmm. And he said. And he was right because I looked it up that day just to double check. He said, if you bought MLB the show this week, you have spent more money in the offseason than, than the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> that is great. And sadly true. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the A's, and I will say one thing as far as building long term, the A's, I'll pull up their uh their the roster real quick. Shea Langliers, which they got from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. at Olsen trade. He has been an absolute beast and I hated to lose him, but I understood why they did it at the time. Yeah. They were, they were trying to make the run next, uh, last year. They knew they were losing Freddie Freeman. You, you got to lose somebody. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The, the rest of the team though, offensively, it's a telling tale when Loriano is now a right fielder. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, it was only a few years ago before his suspension that Loriano was considered one of the best center fielders with the highest ceilings. Right. Yeah. And now he's, I, I guess he's lost his stuff. I don't, I don't watch a lot of A's baseball. You can probably tell, tell me better than that, but. That's just, yeah. Yeah. They, they just lack a lot. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to score. And then their pitching staff, Blackburn is their ace. I mean, he's a he's a jump yeah. ball pitcher that, you know, I will say this, Kyler Muller, I hated losing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a bit of a project because he's been inconsistent. But when he's on, he, he's pitched up in the, in the majors quite a few times for Atlanta. He's a lefty with just some nasty stuff. He's a big kid. So so he comes from a huge frame. He's like 6'6", and he just throws down 
and hard. And he's gone into New York and shut down the Mets. He's he he's got the stuff. The problem is whether or not he's going to come up and be consistent every day. I'm interested to see what uh, Wald, uh, Waldachuk does. I've heard good things about him. Yeah, he's yeah. Well, I I know he's highly regarded, but I honestly I don't I don't believe I've ever seen him. <laughs> I have. Um, I saw him pitch a couple times last year, but they kind of blur together. Um, and I remember know. his name coming across. Once again, I play a lot of fancy baseball, so you're familiar with names that you may not have seen. Right. And I remember him being like on a watch list of mine, but mm-hmm. I never pulled the trigger. Yeah. I, 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 the one thing you can't say about the Oakland A's and Billy B, they usually make good moves, right? Yeah, they do. The problem is they're con- they're they're just like the Marlins; they're constantly rebuilding. Yeah, never build anything st- with any kind of stability because once they get the guys up to where, like, man, this guy, this guy's about to have a breakout year. Go, yeah, but he's mm-hmm. gonna be a free agent at the end of the year, and we're not getting anything back, so we gotta trade him. Yeah, they're constantly rebuilding, but you have to remember too; they don't have many blocks to build with. Again, it's just it's the payroll. <laughs> I've I've often said if if the Oakland A's and Florida Marlins could merge, man, that'd be a heck of a team. Yeah, right? but the the problem is they would have to merge all their finances too. I mean, they're they're both disasters. Well, even if they merge, they still wouldn't have you know the payroll that the left side of the Yankees infield has. <laughs> no, or the Mets, uh, for that matter. Yeah, <laughs> the Mets are the new Yankees, and vice versa. Pretty much. And it eats Yankees fans up. Man, the Mets. Like, even Boston has come back to earth in recent years. <laughs> yeah. So, Mondays, we have a Red Sox guy that comes on, right? Uh-huh. And he's just like flabbergasted. <laughs> I bet. And I've known this guy for 15 years, and he is literally flabbergasted. He, he's a lot more polite off the air, I mean, on the air than he is off the air because. For years, and I, I used to, so he and I were uh, roommates years and years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we used to get in these heated debates off air, where I would say, "Man, you're you're spoiled because you're because you're a freaking Red Sox fan, right? right. Oh, we bought the Yankees Empire. Like, go look at your payroll. It's it's mm-hmm. usually neck and neck with them. Now yeah. he's down there. I don't know what happened in Boston. I don't understand. It's not like they've lost fanfare." Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like uh, Harry Frazee has is has, has risen and rebought them and is more worried about financing no no Nanette right yeah I that one is that's a head scratcher for way back because I'm still seeing the the Red Sox making some decent moves and you're like but but none of them are ground shaking and then out of nowhere they lock up Devers for three hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. All right. Xander Bogarts is like, where was that money you know, <laughs> three months ago? It uh, wouldn't surprise me if the profits that Walmart makes from their $5 bin is higher than the A's payroll. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it, it's bad. Yeah. And Oakland, I know everyone out that lives out there keeps fighting it, but I, I do believe that they end up in Vegas before it's all said and done. I think they'd need to <laughs> for their own good. <laughs> they need to do it for baseball. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure if you ever get to the point where you're traveling with the team, you'd rather go to Vegas than Oakland. <laughs> Let's be real. At, right? the, at this point, the Roman Coliseum is in better shape than the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> I hate playing out there because you, you get a pop fly 
or is uh sorry uh a, a foul pop yeah and you just assume the thing's going back in the stands and next thing you know someone's camping underneath it because they yeah. have a football field on each side of right field and left field line yeah that's easily the most foul territory in in the majors <laughs> The Seattle Mariners, you look at their starting rotation, I think they're going to be a real force. You got Castillo, Mm -hmm. Ray, Kirby. I mean, when Logan Gilbert's the number four, that to me is huge. Yeah. Gonzalez, eh, he's seen better days. I really feel like he's more of a batting practice pitcher. Sure. But they're going to – everybody's want to go see J-Rod, right? Yeah. You've got – Cal Raleigh, who mm-hmm. had the big home run in the in the uh, to send them to the postseason. Mm-hmm. So, I don't really love their offense. I th- I think it's okay, but I don't. Uh-huh. Love it. What say you? I I couldn't help but be just flat out impressed by uh, Rodriguez last year. <sighs> I mean, he got the best of Rangers of the Rangers on so many occasions. <laughs> he. I didn't doubt him, but I doubted he was going to be that good that quick, right? Yeah. And yeah. we played a three-game series in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I called two of the three games. And then yep. the third game was the worst one where we had the big lead and they blew it, et cetera, uh-huh. on that Sunday evening. I mean, there were times when I would go in, pick up the lineup card, and just roll my eyes at the fact that he was in the – that Rodriguez was in the lineup. I'm like, yep, we're losing today. <laughs> He's he is so special. I don't know if I would have went crazy like Seattle didn't lock him up for the next hundred years. Yeah, after one year, yeah. but he is a special kind. Now that tells you the genius of of our general manager Anthopoulos because he's locking up these kids to to long term deals and they don't have outs. Yeah, like you could make the argument that Michael Harris should have gotten a much more significant deal than what he did. Sure, and. I don't know what Seattle's thinking as far as that goes, because I get it that you don't have a a uh, a salary cap. Mm-hmm. You're able to spend whatever you want to spend, but the point being, you didn't have to give that to him yet. And yeah. he was. And here's the thing: he was four or five years away from free agency, and if you had to sign him to a long term deal, that would have been the number anyways. Yeah. So I. That part to me was dumbfounding, but big picture, he's fun to watch. Oh yeah, and love watching him play. You know, he he was obviously exciting in the uh, in the Derby, and just you know, he's just he's good for baseball. American League mm-hmm. West, L.A. Angels, they are the. I mentioned this about another team in another sport, but I'm going to say it again. They remind me of the Washington Redskins in the mid 2000s. Okay. You got all these names and they don't win anything. Yeah. And Trout. you have Otani and Trout. They're, they're going to want the, obviously, Trout's already making what, 458. Otani is going to want the moon and the stars. Says he yeah. wants to stay, but I don't buy it. Uh huh. But what are you going to have left to buy anything else if you have all the money sunk into them? They're talking about Otani when he goes to sign. Could get somewhere between seventy five and a hundred million a year. Ugh. He's an amazing ball player, but I don't think anybody is worth them that much. Well, is anybody worth any of this? No, <laughs> no, that's true. That is true. 
It's and a- with Moreno keeping the team, you never know what's going to happen. That shocked me. I yeah. I do think so. Uh, John Heyman's always writing in favor of New York teams. That's where he's based out of. And he had a column out today saying that he felt like that the Mets were going to go hard after Otani. And I don't doubt that, but it's been brought up several times that when Otani went last time, when he came to the States, eight of the 10 teams that he chose to be able to make posting Offers to him, they were all on the West Coast. I do think he stays on the West Coast, and I think that's why the Dodgers didn't do anything this year. I think sure. the Dodgers are going all in for Otani. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But as a Braves fan, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to the Mets because that's going to cripple your payroll. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how much money, especially especially when, especially when you have that all that money tied up into Verlander and Scherzer. Exactly. So, and they still have two more years left on that. So, if Otani signs a deal for 24 and beyond, they still mm-hmm. have 40 apiece to pay the other two geriatrics. Yeah. Yep. That's why I've said before, I don't believe the Mets got better. I think they got worse in the offseason. They lost to Grom and they, mm-hmm. they grabbed another pitcher in his 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you got to run here. So, before we get out of here, Give me your one through five in the AL West predictions. Oh, okay. Um, one is obviously Houston. <laughs> so, um, so you are taking Houston. Okay. You know, it's just writer mentality. You have to be realistic. Right. Um, two goes to the Rangers. I'll, I mean, I'd be shocked if they don't finish second at least. I second that. I was um, waiting for you to you know for you to say it, but I I know most people are, are going to have Seattle. I. I, th- I think Texas, what Texas has done is yeah. incredible. Uh, Seattle third, Angels fourth, uh, A's fifth. And I believe o- Otani gets traded uh, okay. sometime before the deadline. Okay. Because A, they're going to stink. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's be honest. And B, don't you want to get something? Yeah. I I would. I don't want to get just a draft pick yeah. from Tani. Uh-huh. I want to gut your farm system. Tiny part hope. A tiny part of my me hopes that it doesn't happen, just because he's so much fun to watch. <laughs> you know, I, I get that, but you never know. He yeah. could trade it to the Astros. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's a team that would go all in, but they would never resign him, right? They yeah. say, "Here, have our guys." But that's it. What is your walk off for the day, sir? Walk off. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the most recent one um, when the Rangers uh, signed uh, Kennedy Ian Kennedy. I was surprised by that. I was surprised. Um, you know, you you, you just kind of re- you kind of wonder what goes through the minds of these front office executives, and it's not even a bad thing. It's just what what could you what could you have seen these past couple of years that makes you want to bring back a guy that you traded three years ago? I'll counter that with Andrew McCutcheon is, is a Pittsburgh pirate. That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's one of those deals where, where there's zero mm-hmm. uh, risk, but I, I, I will tell you this. 
We'll talk about this next week. I am shocked that nobody's sniffing around Trevor Bauer. Yeah, me too. 20 and the, and the Dodgers have to pay 22 million. Yeah. And he gets to sit home for the time being. Right. And no matter what he did or did not do, that's still up for debate. Guys got a lot worse and, and, and have had to, and gotten like 10 game suspensions. Uh huh. So. All right, brother. Well, it, it was great having you on, and we look forward to you next Tuesday, and uh, good luck with your Rangers this year. All right. Thanks, Brian. Talk to you later. Yes, sir. We will be back in a flash. When we come back, Joey jumps on, and we are going to be talking the Cubs. We're going to be talking a little basketball and the National Football League. We'll be back. Keep it locked in here on the key. WQEE and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Here are your updated betting lines from FanDuel Sportsbook on Major League Baseball's 2023 awards. National League MVP, the front runner, is Juan Soto at plus 550. Mookie Betts and Paul Goldschmidt, plus 950. Ronald Acuna Jr., plus 1,000, along with Tatis and Arenado. Freddie Freeman, plus 1,300. The Mets, Pete Alonso, plus 1,400. Austin Riley at plus 2,000. Other Braves players' odds to win the MVP, Matt Olson plus 3,000, Michael Harris plus 4,500, and Sean Murphy plus 20,000. The American League MVP race looks like this. Shohei Otani, who will be a free agent at year's end like Aaron Judge, the 2022 MVP winner. Otani sits at plus 220. Aaron Judge, plus 600. Mike Trout, plus 800. And Julio Rodriguez at plus 900. Rafael Devers sits at plus 4,000 for the Boston Red Sox. Jacob DeGrom at plus 10,000. NL Cy Young Award winner, Alcantara, plus 600 to repeat. Corbin Burns of the Brewers, plus 600. Verlander at 800. Scherzer, 900. Spencer Strider, at 1,000. Max Fried sits at 1,300. And Kyle Wright at plus 5,000. AL Cy Young, Jacob DeGrom, the runaway favorite at plus 600. Garrett Cole at 7. Carlos Rodon, 1,000. And while Dylan ceases at 1,000, Shohei Otani is plus 1,200. Tyler Glasnow returns in 2023, and he sits at plus 3,000. Nasty Nestor Cortez at 5,000. Chris Sale at a long shot at 10,000. Real quick on the hardwood tonight, games of interest. College basketball takes center stage. Wake Forest and Duke, the Demon Deacons are getting eight. Number seven, Kansas State travels to number eight, Kansas. They're an eight-point dog over under 145 and a half. Number 21, Indiana travels to Maryland getting three. Number four, Bama, 15 and a half point favorite at home against Vandy as they'll try to rebound from their Saturday blowout loss to Oklahoma. And the 
Kentucky Wildcats are giving up seven and a half on the road to Ole Miss over under 135 and a half. Number 23, Miami, three and a half point favorite at home against Virginia Tech. And number 20, Clemson, giving up four and a half on the road to BC. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Hey folks, this is Mark White with the Mark White Show, and you can tune in to the Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. You gave birth in a tub? Yeah, it's, it's a really nice transition from womb to, to world, you know, kind of like a big womb. Um, so you're in the tub with everything? Oh, yeah, the afterbirth floats, yeah. Must be like the tide at Omaha Beach. Let's go! Woo! Hour number two here on Braves Country HD. Joey, how the hell are you, sir? You know, I'm doing real good. I just had a thought today after these conference championship games over the weekend that I'm really starting to look forward to the baseball season coming. Uh, Listen to some Cubs radio podcast today. Listen to Tucker Barnhart interview. I'm getting excited. Pitchers and catchers report uh, as soon as this weekend. Some are already traveling. So I'm getting giddy for the baseball. To that point, I saw your boy Boog on – MLB Network today. Nice. I was waiting for him to announce that, that he's heading back to the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> we just start the, the whole. Dang uh, it. <laughs> keep stealing our people. The uh, the merry-go-round. You took Dansby Swanson from us. You'll be fine. Fair trade. <laughs> Probably. I don't think I don't think Biggs War is uh, quite what Dansby does, right? Um, they had a. So I, I would have loved to have recorded it and would have loved to have shared it with everybody today. MLB Network had Chip Carry on talking about the move from Atlanta back to St. Louis. But their audio was so bad and so spotchy. I'm surprised they kept up with the interview. So I just I just punted it. I started to record it and I was like, does this ever get better? And it really didn't. Sheesh. All, all the important stuff was all. I was like, how in the world on a major network are you doing this? And Chip, 
You're a professional broadcaster, bro. Do you not know not to be sitting out in your backyard about a thousand miles away from the router and doing this off your iPhone? I mean, I know he probably doesn't care, but it it was just very, very, uh, it was very disappointing. Yeah, I, I see the uh, the comments about uh, Eddie Eddie Money. Um, he he is. Uh, yeah, no, no. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even going to share his picks anymore. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> he wishes he could be at fifty eight percent. Just what are we talking about? Gave me picks last night. They were giving up six and a half, and they lost outright by. And it was never close. I kept checking the score. This game was such a a non factor game. You couldn't even find it on TV. I texted a buddy of mine. I said, "Do you know how hard it is to not be televised in college basketball in 2023?" So true. With ESPN Plus and all the other outlets, somebody has you. So I was, no, no, I'm done. We're over it. (laughs) Not to mention the fact the game that he picked for today. Tones is referencing his second pick. The other, his other, what he's calling his lock. I saw six other experts pick that same game and they, half of them, and they were split three and three. I was like, I feel like this is a guessing game. I'm, I'm out. I do have my locks, and uh, I hit once again. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people don't like them, but I I do like the teaser. I noticed you've been big on those, and uh, I don't have a teaser today, but I did notice that you've been on a teaser streak lately, it seems. Unless there is a, a basketball game that I really like that's, that is essentially a pick em, I... I like doing the teasers or money line parlays, which is essentially a teaser. What I'll do is I'll load them both up and see which one I'm getting better odds at. Because one of them recently, if you did the money line teaser, you, both lines were going to be basically a pick them. Okay. And then I went over into another window and put two money line parlays on the same uh two teams and as opposed okay. to so typically your your teaser is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120 right but if you get two money line parlays depending on the odds and it really depends on the book etc but what i found that day was i had two two teams on the money line one was a minus five and one was a minus four four and a half something like that took them on the money line and it ended up being a plus 131 Ooh. i was like so, so what am i doing a teaser for this is stupid so i yeah but yeah, I've uh, there's one game that I like straight up, and we'll talk about that in our last segment. But I I do do a lot of teasers. I I like teasers in football, and I mean, I don't I want to be that guy because I feel like you jinx yourself. But the record speaks for itself. <laughs> hey, within the confines of the armchair quarterbacks, the percentage is there. <laughs> Tones was referring to, I guess, a tweet that he made recently. And I didn't see that one, so maybe it's a different one, or maybe just had the number wrong. Where the where the jockey was uh, talk, talking smack about, uh, so Tones was talking about our our sixty four percent win win percentage that we have. I did see that one too. 
But the one, the comment that I saw him talking smack, he was referencing 58%. Because when he was on the show, I told him, I said, 58% is winning. If you, if you can get, if, if you can be 53%, you're, you're, you're usually just about getting your money back. Maybe a little bit more. Right. Bare minimum, your, your professional gamblers want 53% because they consider that as average. Anything lower, obviously, you lost money that year. 55% is where, is where it really is considered the Mendoza line. But you get 58, 59%, you're, you're making money. And if, the, and if it's big bets, you're making good money. Definitely. And so he, he made a crack about the 58% that I saw. I didn't see the 60-something percent. Um, and since then, he's... He's had a losing record. This has been like a week and a half. He's been about 22%. Yeah. <laughs> I did see the comments that you, you wish you were 58%. <laughs> 58% would feel like an A+. Plus. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he was riding high off his 11-game win streak. And look, that's great. That's really hard to do. But then he got his notoriety. <laughs> And since 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 he went on on the New York show and came on to our show, I, I've I've been keeping up with his his numbers. He he's at about fifty percent right now. I think last night's loss actually takes him down to um, below, but I could be wrong on that. But anyways, <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? I think he, you know, when people start to go on that losing streak, they start to lose their mind a little bit. I think we got a little bit of that going on here. Well, when people get on a winning streak. I always say, man, you never poke a winning streak. You never poke the bear. You don't All brag about it. Come to an end. You know, it's it's one thing to mention what what your streak is and what you're winning, especially what we do on our show. I obviously always believe in accountability, right? But I never, I'll never brag because you're just asking for the sports gods to come down and lay the hammer on you. You're just asking for Brock Purdy to go out with an injury. That's what you're asking for. Hey, I mean, I'll be the first keep one. It to real. Say- <laughs> keep it real. A lot of people lost a lot of money the moment Brock Purdy's elbow went in six different directions. So do do sites void his prop bets when that happens, or how, no. is it up to the no no they, no? It no, just no. it stays out there. Huh? If he plays, because you got to figure, he probably had a lot of bets on the over too. Exactly. People on the over lost, but the people on the under won. <laughs> yeah, I guess where do you draw the line, right? I mean, he went out. It hurt San Fran. That's, clearly. that's why I took a risk on Mahomes's under on his passing yards this weekend. Now that wasn't my best bet, but I, uh, I, I personally t- took the risk because I was thinking, hey, first of all, this is gonna be a lower scoring game, which I was right on that. I nailed the under, but also I was like, dude, it is not guaranteed that Mahomes is gonna be able to go through this entire game or throw as much as they like to throw. Now he proved me wrong on that, but yeah. You do have to take that into consideration, but it's always a stipulation of player must play. So if you take a, let's say if you, um, if you're betting that Travis Kelsey is going to have six and a half catches on Super Bowl Sunday and you lay a hundred dollars down, whatever five minutes before kickoff, they say 
Kelsey's back. Won't let him play. They just refund the whole thing to everybody. Gotcha. Makes sense. But if he goes out there in the first play of the game and breaks his leg like Tim Crumry, that's winner, winner, chicken dinner for anyone that took the under. That's that's why taking the under is actually safer in a lot of these things when it comes to football. You're banking Especially on playoff football, I feel like. Yeah. You're banking on the guy to do well. You're also banking on the guy not to get hurt in a very violent game. All right. Let's get into some quarterback uh, merry-go-round. And I'm going to go ahead and pull up the list that I saw. Now, obviously, realize one of the guys not on this list is I don't believe they had him on the list is uh, guys like Aaron Rodgers who could be traded. So these are actual free agents, right? And I'm going to have to try to find it. Um, but to start the, the merry-go-round, I'll start off with you. The one I think one of the most intriguing ones who's not a free agent, but he's got to be traded as well, is Derek Carr. And he obviously is not coming back because he had that whole speech about how great it was to be a Raider, right? Where do you see Derek Carr? Well, my more obvious choice, if they don't land on one of the bigger names, would be the New York Jets because I think they're the closest to being a quarterback away with all the other pieces they have defensively and things of that nature. But – I mean, another team I like, and I know Mr. Tampa Tones will like to hear this, but I think Tampa Bay is also an option for Mr. Derek Carr because, look, you lose out on Brady. Are they really going to start just from scratch? Or are they really going to start, um, you know, uh, Kyle Trask will be in his second year or Blaine Gabbert? So I, I, I'm, if I had to name a couple teams, I, I'm thinking Jets or my sleeper team would be Tampa Bay. For some reason, I feel like he's going to end up in Carolina. Because I don't know if Reich wants. He wants to do what he did in Indy, huh? He wants to do the he wants to do the Indy thing, cycle through. (laughs) Even though Carr's a little younger, but he'd be doing the cold strategy when he was there, going with those thirty. I think that situation's a lot different with Carr because he is a lot younger. He's a good quarterback, and he's young-ish. What is he? Thirty-one. Some. Yeah, he's 30, 30 or 31. So I – but it's also because I think he's a pretty good quarterback in general. And I can see them make, making the move. The big question is, what does the front office at Carolina think? But let's wow, say we got – from Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter real quick, we got some uh, breaking news that the Saints or Broncos are finalizing the return – for Sean Payton as we speak. Oh, wow. What is, working at, what is he smoking? Uh, whatever Russell Wilson did last year. <laughs> Why would you want to take that? Didn't mean to interrupt, but I felt like No, that. no, no. By all means, always. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I mean. I wonder what that compensation is going to look like. I've got it here. I'll, 
I'll put it on the screen here in one second. Uh, Denver and the Saints discussing two potential packages. One is Denver gets the 2023 first-round pick in next year's second, and Peyton and the Saints' 24 third-round pick. The other one is Denver first-round pick of 2024, and it's 2023 fourth. I don't think he's tweeted that correctly. That's the Saints' choice. Why would the Saints... Saints are going to end up... Ramp Report said the Broncos will send a first-round pick in 2023 and early picks next year, sources say. The deal has been agreed to. So here's the two potential packages. I'm going to go ahead and just put it on the screen from from Schefter, and then I'll put the other thing on there as well. Um, That's kind of funny because we're over here talking about uh, (laughs) – we're talking about quarterbacks. Right. This year pops off. I don't don't get why he would want to do that. He He must be a Russell Wilson guy. He must be. I mean, it's the only explanation. Because I just feel like he had better options. I can tell you one thing. You know what this means for sure? A, check on Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say. Talking about for, I mean, uh, weeks about how Sean Payton was coming there to uh, Arizona. And the other one would be DeAndre Hopkins. What little chance they had of him not wanting to get traded is gone. Because if Sean Payton came there, I could see him saying, hey, we'll we'll see what can happen. It makes sense. Hopkins wants out of there. I mean, mean, he he wanted out of Houston. They had Deshaun Watson. You think he's going to hang around for – Broken leg, Kyler Murray to heal. Video game man. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The first five weeks of the season, I'll have Andy Dalton chucking the ball to him. <laughs> He's out. All right, back to the list real quick before we yes sir switch gears. Um, real quick, I'm just going to give you the team, and you tell me what quarterback do they get this year? Jets. I'm going to say Rodgers. I like that because the OC connection. If they fail on him, I'll go Jimmy Garoppolo. Baker Mayfield. Goes where? Oh, man. Baker Mayfield. Tampa Bay. (laughs) That's a tough one. I mean, that's a tough one. I'll go Tampa Bay. Oof. (laughs) Oof. Tampa <laughs> uh, uh, Jones can't be happy about that. Where does Jimmy G land? Jimmy G, I, I got. I think he goes. That's where be where the Jets fall on. Uh, it, but it, you, since we already said the one guy there, I'll go Las Vegas Raiders because to me that Josh Daniel connection that he was with him for a couple years as well. Daniel Jones stays with Giants. Long deal he gets. I agree. I don't know why they're doing it, but yes. 
Um, let me see. Is there one more we can throw up here? Mike White. Carolina. We can't put him. We can't. We can't give Carolina every quarterback. All right. You know what? I'll put him. I'll put him on the Saints. I've got Tom Brady ending up in San Francisco, especially after the 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 rumor of the elbow. Yeah. I mean, Purdy's going to have to have surgery. If he's out six months, bare minimum, we're talking about this. Tomorrow's the first of February. It's at least into August. Now that's best case scenario. San Fran has a great roster, but it's a black hole for QBs. Every QB gets injured. Tom Brady going to San Francisco would give them a legitimate chance at a championship and could let Purdy heal. And you only got to sign Brady to a one-year deal. He's 45, right? Yeah, because San Fran got to be aggravated that they've been getting so close and the recipe is always QB. Sign a one-year deal for Mr. Tom and go win it. And I've got... So I've, I have right now I have Brady in San Fran. I got Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. I think the I think the I think you could be onto something about Derek Carr to Tampa Bay, but if not, then I really like him in in Carolina. And Tennessee is the one wild card. Will they get in the mix of any of these guys? That's the one team because I feel like they're not going to. Aaron Rodgers? But there's a chance. There's been rumors of him going, of Tennessee getting Aaron Rodgers. I've heard Tampa, uh, Tom Brady. And I'm like, I don't, where did we see all this aggressiveness from the Tennessee Titans? Usually they just, oh, we're stuck with Tannehill. We're just going to ride this out. Well, they're going to bring in a new general manager. And now that they have, where does he want to do? They were the one seed two years ago with Ryan Tannehill. If they got Aaron Rodgers, they're automatically a top five. Tell you who I like him for, who I like Tennessee to get, is Jimmy G. Ooh. It, He's a better version of, of Tannehill. Younger, yeah. But once again, he's he's another guy that always gets injured, so I don't think they'll do it. If If you do have to keep Tannehill – then I say sign Mike White and give yourself a fighting chance if if Tannehill gets hurt. Please have a backup plan, not Dobbs. Dobbs is not a terrible number two, but yes, he can't be your... For a championship run. Right. Well, I... <laughs> Let's not go crazy and say Titans and championship run. Well, no, no, I'm just saying they were the ones... Trying to win a game. <laughs> True, but they were they were the one seed, and then they were seven and three. They won four games in a row, and I don't know why the wheels fell off because Mike Vrabel doesn't seem to be that type injury. Of guy, but yeah, they got decimated by injuries. So they they had they had one of the highest number of uh, teams. Uh, you know, they always keep up with how many players were on the squad this year. They were decimated by injuries. The line. Tannehill admitted after week five that he was never the same after the ankle injury. Now breaking news, the 40 D'Amico Ryans to Houston Texans is finalized. Six-year deal. We're just getting all the news here today, Matt. Well, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll react to that, and we're going to get into some uh, NL Central talk. 
Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers. Let's go. We'll be back in a flash here. Braves country, HD, wherever you stream. And Braves country on 99.1 FM, the key. Having somebody making wild decisions that make no sense, that benefits nobody. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Is he listening to us? I can't tell. He's listening. He's not understanding. Yeah. He doesn't even, like, get us, man. It's... We're talking about you. Ah. Big news in the big games covered in the Big Ten by the armchair quarterbacks all year long. Third down and about 22. As Smith drops the throw, he's got his tight end open, but he's got Connor downfield, and he's gone. Michigan leads the game with a first touchdown and a bullet, a bomb. The corner, 71 yards. Ohio State's lead, seven to three. There he goes. So long, Ohio State. In his career, Lorenzo White, fifteen times, rushed for a hundred yards in a half. Five of those this season. On second and ten. Long, long throw to Rison, and he's open. Big Ten football covered in the Southeast by the armchair quarterbacks. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. Enjoy sun-drenched days, epic stays, and plenty of room to roam in Greater Fort Lauderdale. Our hotels, attractions, and restaurants have taken the Visit Lauderdale's Safe and Clean Pledge so you can relax and explore with confidence. When you're ready for that well-deserved staycation, our 23 miles of golden beaches await. Find wide-open spaces to hike, bike, kayak, and paddleboard. Visit your favorite attractions, then dine out in style in dining rooms or al fresco on waterfront patios. Learn more at sunny.org. Now you will receive us. We do not ask for your poor or your hungry. We do not want your tired and sick. It is your corrupt we claim. It is your evil that will be sought by us. With every breath, we shall hunt them down. Each day, we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies. These are principles which every man of every faith can embrace. These are not polite suggestions. These are codes of behavior. And shepherds we shall be. Armchair. Community Access Channel. Welcome back. Here at the bottom of the hour, heading to the top where you'll get Sports Map Radio's first name sports following us here. And remember to get your day started off right with Ryan O Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on the key. Rod Peterson Show, noon to 2. Sports beat with Richard Holdridge, two to three. And we'll be here back again, three to five here on Braves Country, Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Okay, we'll put a pause on on some of the NFL talk. I do want to get back into it here in a bit. But looking at the so, – so we talked about the Cubs a little bit yesterday. I kind of wanted to get your take on it as you're one of our resident Cub fans as well. Absolutely. I'm telling you, I think not only am I picking them right now, 
Now, I, I do want to see how spring training unfolds, but right now, as we speak right now, I'm picking them to finish second in the NL Central, have a puncher's chance at a wild card, because now with everyone playing everybody, th- there's no telling how that's going to affect records across the board, right? And an outside chance at the NL Central division, because as much as I believe in the St. Louis Cardinals, and their organization, and it's a run and it's a well-run organization. There are years where they just don't show up to the post and they come out flat, et cetera, et cetera. Now I, I know that would be a big jump from last year for the for the Cubs. But the Cubs have a have I believe vastly improved their roster. What say you? Oh, greatly. And I mean, to me, I was just waiting for that one big piece to fall to them, and it was Dansby Swanson. Once that completed, uh, I also like the moves they added in after that. They got Eric Hosmer. They got Trey Mancini. So their first base depth is all right there. They added Tucker Barnhart as they lost Wilson Contreras. It doesn't equal out, but at least you got another catcher. Uh, I'm, they're strong up the middle is what I like the most. When you have Ian Happ in center, you're going to have Nico Horner at second. Obviously, Swanson at shortstop to me. That's an awesome move right there. And I see, as you brought up, uh, you know, some of their lineup and what they could look like roster-wise, you got young guys that are going to be in the mix. I think Bellinger might be able to also have a pretty good bounce-back year on his one-year deal. I looked at the NL sub- at Central depth chart today of all the teams, and Cardinals stand out, of course. I think they'll win the division uh, how, by how much we'll see. But really, I looked at the Brewers. Pirates and Reds will be at the bottom, Reds. God bless what they're doing, but we can compete with the Brewers and maybe get into second place. And like you said, a wild card. So I'm aligning with myself in the same thinking as you right now. What is the deal with, with Kyle Hendricks? They're saying that he's questionable for the beginning of the season. Have you heard yeah, any he, updates on that? I don't have, all I heard is that he'll probably miss like the first month as of like a week ago. And he's just, he's rehabbing. So he's, what are they thinking? End of April type of thing or much longer? Uh, no, that's a that's about what it's looking like. They're, right, they, the reports I've seen, it just says beginning of the season. Um, that's about it as of right now. But look, when you look at their depth chart and when it comes to their uh, starting rotation, they don't have the most eye-popping arms after you obviously look at Stroman, but Drew Smiley's been there, done that. They signed Ty on to a th- uh, three-year deal. Justin Steele... Uh, had a, ended up having a pretty good time. Al Zaloy was injured. He's coming back. And Keegan Thompson, if he has to fill in and spot start a couple of games, I'm not too upset about that. My bullpen is the biggest concern for the Chicago Cubs right now. I kind of like their starters, but that bullpen is what gets me nervous. Okay, one massive question everybody wants to know is, who is Hughes and can he be trusted? <laughs> that's he's what I'm saying. Being projected as a closer. Yeah, because I mean, the only other option would be Rowan Wick, and he is very up and down. I, I'm not. I don't know much about Mr. Brandon Hughes, and I'm not fully trusting in him. I think they're going to have to be, have a big battle because in 2022, he had 57 innings pitched, a 3.12 ERA, but that was his only year in the major leagues. To me, it's still unknown what he can do when it matters. The Cubs were obviously not good last year. We have to find more about him. I cannot just trust him as the closer. 
I don't even want to trust him as a seventh and setup man. I wouldn't mind if he was seventh inning, but he's too new for me to be in that closer role. So he's 26 years old, first year in the majors last year. He did have eight saves. I'm assuming that came at the end of the season. Correct. Seven innings pitched and 68 strikeouts, not blow away type stuff for a closer, but decent. They're expecting Boxberger to be the setup man. Now he has closed in the past, but he really is a setup role guy. Personally, I would put Rowan Wick as the closer to start just because he's been on the Cubs for four seasons now. And uh, even though he's had up and down seasons, his ERA has been around four the last couple of years. He has closer experience for us. And I would just, I wouldn't, I would hate dressing a young guy right on the scene. So my pick right now would be Rowan Wick. I think they always say one of the greatest lines in any, anything ever, any, not just sports, but in life was one of the best uh, quotes that I've ever said that, that, that I use all the time in my personal life is that um, the two most important things in life is good, fe- good friends and, and an even better bullpen. I d- most of your teams going into 2023 have questions in their bullpen. It's one of those things that I think Dave Ross is going to have to figure out as he goes. There's not a guy out there on, on the market. Now, there are some ones you could sign. And the first one that comes to my mind off the top of my head without having the list in front of me, Zach Britton is still out there. Oh, now, now, look, he's 35, I believe. I was looking at the other day, but I, I believe he's 35. And he's a lefty and he's nasty, but he is older and he's yeah, not 35. But why not? Why not give him a two year deal, right? It I do not hurt. Money. The Cubs have the money. We got the money. So I'll tell you one of my biggest questions is when I look at this screen, and I ought to be pointing like that because you see it on there. <laughs> but to me, it's a, <laughs> um, what are they going to get out of Suzuki? Because he was a disappointment last year. Well, you know, and it's funny to me because I saw someone yesterday doing a podcast and they said he, he, he could be in the MVP race. I was like, whoa, 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 let's slow the road. This, <laughs> this guy, this guy was very good in spots at points last year, but for mostly the second half of the season did not do too much. If I'm a Cubs fan, I'd be happy if he was in the MVP race of the outfield of Chicago. <laughs> of <Right>. our team. <laughs> Let's just let's let's calm down. I'm not even talking about the MVP of the team because I think the MVP of the team is probably coming coming from either your shortstop position or somehow Eric Hosmer pushes the sun back up into the sky. But the best player on your team is is Dansby Swanson. A close second, I think, is probably Nico Horner. Um, yeah, and Ian Happ's pretty good, but really outside of that, there's really nobody. That starting rotation, I'm telling you right now, I know how it's laid out there. I see Stroman, Tyon, Steele, Hendricks, Smile. I see that. But what I believe the most important thing is, first of all, Stroman needs to pitch more like the ace that they paid him. Yes, definitely. But I don't think he is. I just don't think he's – I think he's a number two, number three. I really do. That's why when they signed him, I just kind of like, eh, whatever – that, and that that was my exact thought on him. I uh, was arguing with a couple of people when we signed him what he is, and I, I didn't want to be right on this. But to me, he's proven in a deep playoff race or anything like that, I would not trust him as my ace. He's got to be your two or three. I know we're not Remember looking at something. it. He came from the Mets. 
So Steve Cohen really wanted him. Steve Cohen would have paid him. So that's, that's my number one question. That's a really good point. But this is my guy right here. This is my ride or die if I'm a Chicago Cub. Justin Steele, to me, has the makings of an ace. I don't know if it's this year, but but he but he can graduate. And Tyon is a solid number two. Stroman's my number three. I'm going off of talent. I know why they're doing it because he's the he's the heir apparent because of a Kyle Hendricks injury on opening day and b Tyon and Steele. You don't necessarily want to put that put a kind of pressure on him on opening day. Look, Smiley, Smiley, Smiley is what he is, man. He's a number five. He's an innings eater. There's nothing wrong with that. Every team's got one. If Seal makes the jump like he did from year one to year two, like he could do from year two to year three, he could be the ace of our staff by the end of the season. I would not be shocked as he's a great young arm, and at the end he just dominated towards the end. And they signed a couple of veterans that if, if they can get some of their previous production, not what they did last year, Mancini, Hosmer, if they can get, get them off to a good start, they might have something there. Here's the Cardinals, and this is what you're going up against, and this is why everyone's picking the Cardinals right now to win the division. Contreras obviously comes over from the Windy City. Goldschmidt, MVP candidate. Uh, Tommy Edmond, solid. Arenado, arguably the best third baseman in baseball. That offense is going to eat. And, and I think they have a pretty good starting rotation as well. Oh, absolutely. This team is just well-rounded, and they I just feel like they always are. The Cardinals never go away. And they're starting pitching. Now, this is a big question to me. First of all, I cannot believe Wainwright is back. Like, what is going on? Um, but this is a big question to me. Flaherty. What do they get out of him? Because if he's what he's been the last few years, the Cardinals are going to struggle again. Jordan Montgomery, once 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 the National League sees him again the second time, he's not going to be as outstanding as, as he was the first time. Mikolas, Steven Matz, I mean, it's an okay. What I will give them right now, if Flaherty is the old Flaherty of old, yes, they've got a better best rotation or better rotation than Chicago. They've got a better bullpen than Chicago, but Flaherty's a big question mark to me. And I feel like the Brewers got worse. They didn't get better, and that's why I got the Cubs where they are. Where do you have with you? I have them finishing second in the division. Um, I, I just like them slightly better than the Brewers roster when I compared the depth charts today. I thought I'd be more impressed by Milwaukee. I was not. And I, like I said, the Reds and the Pirates, ooh, the Reds might set a record low here. I, oh, I just The Reds roster was ugly. <laughs> Contreras coming over from the brace, he, he he's going to add pop in the middle. That's a good move. That was a good move. But his defense is is okay at best. The rest of that offense, it's ugly. It's where are you going to get your runs, Christian Yelich? not Christian Yelich. I mean, he's he's dust on the bottle at this point. Yep. And they're locked into him for like the next seven decades. I saw that. That contract recently, I said, like, "Oh God, I forgot how long that was." I like they've it got him for like 2026, and then they're paying through the nose on him. What what makes them nasty is this starting rotation: Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, even Lauer, Miley. 
they're going to have pitching. They're going to have a bullpen. They're going to keep you low scoring games, but they're not going to get any runs. It's going to be a lot of quick games, two and a half hour games, three to two baseball. <laughs> Maybe Contreras makes a difference in that lineup and gets them enough runs. I, I understand why they made the trade. Cause they're like, do we got to get something? But I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the it'll be tight, but I, th- I think the Cubs can outlast the Brewers because we are moving to a game that is more offensive and not offensive. <laughs> and Milwaukee's lineup is offensive. <laughs> that, that just straight it's out. Not offensive. Exactly. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to put a cap on this baby, and we're going to give you our best bets and uh, talk a little more NFL. we got big news breaking here today. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. You play to win the game. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. I had trouble with interviews when I first started in, in the business because I didn't. I was very antisocial. I just wanted to be in a little room screaming and hollering and playing, you know, uh, Three Dog Night and Grand Funk Railroad records. I had a, I, one of my first jobs was in Memphis, and I used to play a lot of Jimi Hendrix songs there. And uh, he was coming to town, and I was talking about him. I was playing Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire. Remember that? So uh, I got a call. Hey, I'm with, I'm with the record company, and I got Jimi Hendrix with me, and he wants to do an interview with you. I said, oh, man. So I got a clipboard, and I wrote down three questions. <laughs> I wrote it down. So he comes in, he's sitting there, and he's obviously out of it, right? Yeah. So I go like this. I said, uh, Jimmy, it's nice to have you here in Memphis. Uh, you know, you're doing a show. Yeah, 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 man. <laughs> so then I said, uh, I know you you broke up with the experience. You got a new band, Band of Gypsies. Who's in that band with you? And he goes, I don't know, man. <laughs> I go, oh, crap. I only got two more questions left. So then I go like this. I go, I know you've been on the road. Where'd you play last night? I don't know, man. <laughs> so I only got one question left. I said, I know you're working on a new album. You got a title for it yet? He goes, you could give me... Another question. <laughs> so I turn to get my clipboard, and all of a sudden I hear, he passed out right on the console. Oh, my God. And I go, like, now I really don't know what to do. <laughs> Holy crap. Jimmy Hendrix passed out on my show. What am I going to do? So the next thing, the man manager says, I think the interview's over. <laughs> and then he grabs Jimmy, he sets him up, and he throws up on my console. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm going like, it. oh, no. <laughs> that yeah. was it, man. That was my first interview. Armchair. Oh, Welcome back. Texans are hiring D'Amico Ryan as head coach. All kinds of news flying around here. Are you ready for this? Bring it. 
So what does that mean in the draft? D'Amico Ryan's going to go get himself a quarterback? I mean, he's got to, right? It makes too much sense. He's got a six-year deal. You want to start with who you think's the best here. Now, my question is, is it worth them moving up one spot when they could get either Stroud or Young at two? To me, if the Texans move up, they really got to be in love with somebody uh, because they will have to give up a pretty good amount still to move up one spot. So I'm intrigued to see not only where my Colts do at number four, but the Texans now at two. To me, it's a no-brainer if they stay or they trade up. Get the QB and start it fresh. I'm a little surprised. I didn't realize Ryan's is as, uh, as young as he is. He is 38 years old. I remember him as a player. For folks that are, who aren't familiar with him, he, he, he was the uh, he was the San Francisco. He's a San Francisco assistant since 2017. The last two years, he's been the defensive coordinator. What I'm a little, I guess, the way I, why I'm throwing that question out there is Ryan's as the head coach doesn't spell. I'm going to go get me a quarterback. Be interested to see who the OC is. Right. I mean, you've got to be aggressive. Did you see? I mean, only Brandon Staley can do these kinds of Brandy Staley things. <laughs> Did you see that they hired Kellen Moore as the offensive yep. coordinator? <laughs> oh, my what God. What the heck are we talking about here? I just, you know, I'm, it's so important these days. I mean, you look at all the good young coaches and the OCs mixed with these young quarterbacks. You got to hit on this position. All These defensive-minded coaches – uh, I believe they said last year, if you hired an offensive coach, they were like 20 games over 500 going into uh, to this season. The defensive coaches were under 500. Now a couple of those were Lovey Smith and Eberflus who had bad teams as well. But these defensive coaches are getting questioned a little bit more because we're moving to an offensive game. Well, you know one thing, Tom Brady's not going to the Houston Texans because you can't have your quarterback come in <laughs> be be 10 years older than your head coach. <laughs> it's, just, it's not a good look, man. Just, uh, uh, Rogers is out too, so they ain't getting either of the top guys. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, wow. So Houston's got their quarterback and I mean, excuse me, head coach. And Denver has their head coach, in case you're just joining us, Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. They're going to put a trade package together. They're still working out the details. We'll have more on that information as the day goes along, so keep it locked in here on the key. Um, but And then there were just a few. Because, Bobby and I. It's me and Bobby. Is that it? <laughs> yes, that's it. And I, I don't see anyone else getting fired. So you got Arizona and you've got the Colts. Everyone else now, the, the music is starting to stop, but everyone's looking around and go, who is going to coach my team? <laughs> um, I would have thought you know, Ryan's would have been a great fit for, for uh, Indy. I would have loved it. Because that, that defense, right? So that's as high as they're picking 
if you got to figure if they are going to be aggressive after a quarterback, then it's going to be an offensive hire. The two favorites right now that are going around in India as I uh, was listening to radio all morning here, uh, Raheem Morris and uh, Brian Callahan from Cincinnati, the OC, those two seem to be the favorite right now. Uh, they're interviewing seven guys, but the later this goes on, Colts fans, don't worry. Jeff Sarah doesn't look like he'll be getting it. It seems right now between Raheem Morris, Brian Callahan, and the Eagles, uh, Shane Steichen, those would be the top three to me right now. So Raheem Morris, and I get it. I mean, he's he's a very good coach, but he, once again, he's a defensive coordinator. Wrong side so, of the ball. So if they hire him, does that mean that they're that they're going to punt on the quarterback this year? Well, the only thing, and I the only reason I, Raheem Morris too. Now he has come he's from load up some draft picks go get another aging veteran or he's gonna or he's gonna lock jimmy g down to a seven-year deal well his last two uh offensive guys on the other side have been shanahan uh when he was in atlanta with him for a couple of seasons and then now sean mcveigh so i think raheem morris if he did get the job would realize look i've been with great offensive minds for the last few years i gotta get one of my own because you can't possibly do anything without the oc well if morris gets either one of the jobs his first line of business during the interview has to be who is going to run your offense. And if I'm the owner, I'm saying, don't say you do not say you, we're not going to do some kind of weird Belichick thing. No, no, no. Like pencil head's going to run the offense. No, no, no. Who's going to be your actual offensive coordinator. What I did hear, which is interesting is I know Eric B has been interviewing for some OC jobs. You with- have to murder to be able to <laughs> He's been on the block for head coaching jobs. I mean, uh, it feels like two decades. Oh, I think he's interviewed for 24 out of the 32 teams. <laughs> I know he's had some things go on in his personal past and stuff, but the guy's getting desperate. He's starting to interview for OC jobs again, which uh, maybe he just wants to prove himself somewhere else because he can't get out of the Mahomes, Andy Reid thick think of things. I don't know. I don't think it's fair. What? Why is he the only coordinator that's being labeled as, well, he's a benefit? Of, what? I'll, I'll put it to you this way. How many quarterbacks keep getting, getting picked away from the Sean McVay tree? How many coaches, excuse me, um, keep getting picked from the Sean McVay tree? Why is it that the enemy is getting hammered for, well, you're just a product of having Mahomes and having Andy Reid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't you think he might have had a hand in any of this success? He's been the OC since 18. They won the Super Bowl in 19. This is now their third trip. He might be getting a second. And nobody and the Bears didn't have a problem hiring Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy was a hot name in the coaching cycle when he came from Kansas City, and he got a chance right off the bat. So it is a little puzzling to me why the enemy hasn't gotten a shot somewhere at this point. I mean, what does he have to do? Seriously, though. I mean, seriously, can, can we talk about this? <laughs> this is it's from my understanding down here in Jacksonville. The folks that I talked to behind the scenes. Right. Jaguars. They claim that when he came in to interview 
for the Jaguars job. And don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what I've heard from pretty good sources. He just, he interviews, interviews terribly. And maybe he, maybe that's something he needs to do. Take your name out of the hat, continue to coach for Andy Reed, whatever, for a couple of years. And during your downtime, during the off season, all you do is because you, because you can hire professionals to teach you how to interview better. Right. Right. Because his resume is there. <laughs> the paper is there. He just needs to talk like a professional. <laughs> I mean, he went from Colorado offensive coordinator to the chiefs running back coach in 2013 and and from 2018 on he's been the oc and they've only been the most prolific offense in the nfl and it's not even close i wonder if he took an oc job with another team and had a different set of players and coaches maybe that's his only way in why it. do the lateral move and why make your job harder i i agree but maybe it's the only chance he gets to be a head coach you know what? At that point, I go take a college job that's going to pay you a lot more. Fair enough. So, wait till Dion leaves to go wherever he's going to go, and Eric Bieniemy go and swoop in to Colorado, where he's from. Right? Yeah. That's what you do. That's you get Dion get all the big players. Dion's going to head to the NFL. <laughs> you go. Let's go, baby. Bo Buffaloes. Shake right. and bake. That's right. <laughs> You ain't rubbing, you ain't racing, by God. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into the picks of the day. Uh, our locks, best bets, however you want to word it. Uh, let me see here. All right, so a couple of the ones that I that I do want to hit up on. Let me see. Here we go. I want to get the actual lines up. And if you'll take the wheel for one second. Not a problem at all. Right now, tonight, uh, we got a few good, you know, if you're starting to look into college basketball, get into it because on the main network, you'll be getting Kansas State and Kansas is one of your games. Uh, you know, also have a couple other good college games going down. Locally, we have Nebraska at Illinois here in the Midwest. Uh, A&M's at Arkansas. So if you haven't watched much college basketball, get into it. That's the way I'm going to go on my lock today. And we're starting to get into things once you hit February. Boom, before you know it, it's March Madness. So now is the time to be digging into the heels of college basketball season. Uh, one of the lines that we got for the main game, Kansas State right now is plus eight and a half at Kansas, uh, plus 315 on the money line. Key State is Kansas minus 395. Stayed far, I would say, far away from that money line. Okay, but here you go. Sorry. Not a problem. I was trying to, I think this site's a little more aesthetically pleasing. When you're, when you're looking at the, <laughs> the lines. All right, let's go ahead and get into this, and I'm going to remove this so you can see it a little better. All right, what is your best bet of the day? Your lock. Yeah, my lock, and it actually uh, I think you might like this one as your teaser involved one of these teams, and I'm going to actually go with Kansas State uh, at plus eight and a half as my lock of the day. You know, a lot of people forgot that Keontae Johnson, who's just been absolutely sensational for them this year, going 18-8 and eight on the season. He was maybe the SEC uh, player of the year before he got injured at Florida. We all know that injury he suffered there. But this team is truly taking off with him leading the way. And I like their new coach, Jerome Tang's doing good things. So I think 
Kansas, they've been struggling a little bit lately. Lost a home game there. I know they're really good on that home court, but eight and a half points is a lot for my blood. Even if they're down big at one point, I could see them backdoor. And so my lock of the day is Kansas State plus eight and a half. Yeah, there's a lot of games that I like like today, uh, but my strongest play that I gave earlier today, Kansas State. Now, if you get it right now, you should actually get get the hook because I grabbed it Kansas State at eight. And uh, I'm sorry, nine. So th- that could be wrong. Um, but I'm doing the 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 parlay of, or excuse me, teaser of Kansas State and West Virginia. Want to double check? So Kansas State right now is eight and a half on this board. So we'll we'll go with that number. And what is the West Virginia line? I'm trying to pull it up. When I got the the West Virginia, do you have the time on that game? At nine o'clock start, it looks like West Virginia's plus two at TCU. Okay, so it went down to one enough. When I grabbed it, they were actually plus three. Oh, nice grab. There you go. What's your walk off? We got a jam. Enjoy college hoops. Good night, everybody. We'll see you manana three to five. Keep it locked in here for sports radio. First name on first name sports. Excuse me. See you tomorrow. Have a good day, y'all. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice. For Southern Sports. Something of the 5th of September. Something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM. The Key in Noonan, Georgia. Hey, Braves fans. Thank you for listening to Braves Country Baseball. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and we are here to bring you play-by-play, pitch-by-pitch of your Atlanta Braves bringing you spring training in two to three games a week all season long. Please like and subscribe today. Braves Country Baseball.